Cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us today for a little chat on a uh, strength training 101. All right. Um, so we have two main topics today. Um, number one is why every human being sh should strength train. Uh, and number two, how to do that, how to train for strength and hypertrophy. Um, we'll kind of quickly knock out some definitions here. Strength is the ability to produce force and hypertrophy refers to building muscle mass. So strength is kind of more the functional now, outcome of the training, hypertrophy is more, you know, build, building muscle mass, which has, you know, aesthetic benefits, but also metabolic benefits as well. And we'll talk more about both of those later. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different skills you, we can train, right? You know, different organizations have different ways of breaking that down and organizing, um, you know, the different ways you can train all these different things. Um, and to be clear, like we, we want all of these things. We, we prioritize all around athletic development here at Prevail and, you know, want that for everyone doing the online program as well. Um, but why prioritize strength? Why put an emphasis on that? Yeah. Um, a few main reasons that we're going to, that we're going to dive into. Number one, injury prevention and longevity. Uh, number two, time efficiency and number three, you know, body composition and maintaining a healthy body weight. Okay. Um, so let's dig into that first one, injury prevention and longevity. Um, stay resilient. Okay. Strength training significantly outperforms stretching for uh, reducing injuries. The, the link here, we'll share the slides with you guys after so you can look at the, the research if you'd like yourself. Um, it's kind of a meta-analysis, just breaking down a lot of different studies that looked at injury reduction with various training programs um, and strength training um, across the board was about to show about like a two-thirds reduction um, in injury risk, which is awesome. Um, stretching had no like significant uh, change. Um, so that you know might go against popular belief, but it makes sense when you think about it. Um, this pyramid here is just a, a rough visual for you to think about the different some of the different skills you can train, right? So you know that base of the pyramid being mobility. You know, can you just get into different positions, right? Can you move? Are you coordinated? Are you balanced? Uh, you know, think of all those things as being your foundation but right on top of that you want to build strength you want to have capacity in all those different positions um power is you know being able to produce force quickly so can can i be explosive out of those positions and then you know conditioning can i do those things for a long time right so something just to add there I, i'm sure all you guys have experienced it where you do yoga you do some sort of stretching things feel good they feel loose an hour later you feel right back restarted it was almost like well was that a good use of my time mm -hmm. um so you know like what we're talking about here is getting getting strength kind of at those end ranges so you can help maintain that and it'll you know carry on day to day to day as opposed to just an immediate fix yeah yeah so you know what does that look like when you know things the the, the, the skills aren't as balanced right so this top pyramid here is kind of like your, your classic weekend warrior you know they like Sit at, sit at a desk all week and then, you know, they get out and they, they get after on the weekend and, you know, they might do some really impressive things, you know, run double digit miles or do crazy hikes or be an avid cycler or whatever the case may be. Um, but doing those things uh, to their extreme without a good base of mobility and strength and power underneath it um, can leave you susceptible to injury. You know, the, the repetitive motions, um, like running, for example, you know, has a lot of impact on every step, you know, times thousands of steps. Um, you want to have the strength to support that. You're putting yourself at risk um, if you have, you know, kind of all your eggs in that one basket. Uh, um, and then looking at the pyramid here on the bottom, um, you know, someone who's, you know, the, the classic like yogi, you know, they're super mobile, they move super fluidly, but they might not, not have that much strength in those positions like Peter was just talking about. Um, so, you know, they have access to positions where they don't have much capacity and injury occurs when the demands placed on your system exceed the capacity of that system, right? So you want to have strength in the ranges that you have access to, right? Um, so injury prevention right there, okay? And then getting into more into longevity, 
Um, you want to have the capacity to in independently enjoy the later decades of your life. Um, loss of strength and power are the main things that rob us of the ability to live life on our own. Um, whether that's not being able to get up off the couch or the toilet or, you know, I remember when my grandma's cooking, I love my grandma's cooking. I remember when she couldn't pull the pots out anymore and like cook on the stove. It's like, like that's, that's the thing that starts to take away your independence first. Um, adults lose about one to 2% of muscle mass per year with strength being lost faster than that. Um, here's another link to some research supporting that. Um, so, you know, that's, that, 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 that effect builds over time, right? Training can help slow that down. And Kyle, when does that approximately start to happen? Uh, you'll when you're young, every year it gets better. Then yeah. all of a sudden you hit that plateau. You'll yeah. see it definitely like in studies about after age 30 yeah. in the absence of training and accelerating after age 50. Um, so again, Dr. Peter Atia here, you know, big, uh, big name in the longevity space right now has the quote that I liked a lot of, if you have the as aspiration of kicking ass when you're 85, you cannot afford to be average when you're 50, right? Um, you can start this at any time, but it doesn't mean that it's too late to start if you're 75 and want to get started. Um, but there's only so much you can do the, the later you wait, right? So the ceiling is only so high, yeah. but yeah, starting when you're young and be, being coming this stud, you know, which a lot of us in this, um, that are on this call are in this, you know, middle age, it's like what you do now is just paramount to be successful. And again, kick an ass when you're an old man, like, like the guy pictured on the screen, he's a, a phenomenal example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, put, put some money in the bank now. Right. <laughs> so, and then, uh, getting into reason number two, time efficiency. All right, so we got that little pyramid visual here for you again. Um, strength training positively impacts the other traits on this pyramid, you know, kind of what the arrows are trying to demonstrate there. So if you have to prioritize one, if you don't have the time to train all these things to their best of your ability, um, pick strength, right? So as we said earlier, strength can kind of reinforce mobility. If I can get into a nice deep goblet squat, well, that counts as ankle mobility and hip mobility. I'm just doing it under load. If I can do a deep pull up or do a deep push up, you know, those are great shoulder mobility drills that I'm just getting stronger in those positions too. So um, not just having access to the positions, but reinforcing them, making them more permanent. It, it makes it stick better, like Peter was alluding to uh, earlier. Um, if my goal is to be an explosive, powerful athlete, well, just having being stronger gives me more force that I'm able to produce. So it'll, it'll improve power to a point. Um, and then even conditioning. Um, one... Um, strength can just make things that we think of as conditioning tasks easier. I always do use the hiking example with clients. You know, if every step up that mountain is easier, well, then it doesn't tax you cardiovascularly as much. Um, and then also you might have a, a really good cardiovascular engine, but if you don't have the strength to put it to use, you might not really see the functional benefits of that. You know, if you put a, uh, engine of an F1 car into my Corolla, it's not going to perform too well. You might blow out a tire, right? So, um, strength training can just make a lot of other day-to-day -day tasks feel easier. And the benefits don't go as well in the other direction unless you're a, a novice, right? I'm not going to get much stronger from hiking or cycling unless I'm very deconditioned. I'm not going to get stronger from my yoga class unless I'm very deconditioned. You might see a little bit of improvement to a point, but then it'll plateau quickly because there's not you know, pr progressive overload in terms of load um, in those arenas. And I, I like to just think about kind of child development with what, you know, all those that have little kids, or of course you've all been there before, but you know, what kind of ranges do they have? Just a crazy extreme ranges, you know? Um, and, and joke around when, when kids start to stand up, when they're crawling is just to knock them back down, knock them down, down so they can get up and just sprint. They develop that, that strength and that stability to be able to do that. Um, and then once that strength is there, when, when we're young too, we can maintain so much of that. Um, and again, it kind of almost bulletproof the joints a little bit too, when you have strength at those end ranges. So it helps keep us from getting into 
those those injuries like again a lot of people that do primarily focus on yoga they have so much uh instability and so much um so many injuries that are more related to that um and, and again it's something that they're naturally good at but what can we do to put on top of that to help maintain and then build and you know be able to access some of these power and other aspects totally yeah so again not, not saying to not do these other things it's just like if you have to if you're time constrained make strength the focus make strength the priority it's kind of the one non-negotiable yeah um and then last reason, healthy body composition and weight, right? So if you're the one in the gain muscle, you're going to look like Arnold here on the right, right? Strength train, eat enough protein, eat in a caloric surplus to gain weight. And if you're doing those first two things, it'll be mostly muscle, right? That's that's how to gain muscle in a nutshell, right? There's a lot of different you know concepts and small things you might be doing along the way, but it's all kind of working towards that, right? So that's pretty well understood that if you want to gain muscle strength train, then I don't think anyone needed us to, to tell them that. Um, but even if you want to lose weight, you know, body fat, no one's looking to lose muscle mass. You want to lose body fat. You need to strength train. You need to eat enough protein. And you just need to eat in a caloric deficit to lose weight. And if the first two are in place, it'll be mostly body fat. You'll maintain muscle. So um, I think a large percentage of the general population, you know, associates strength training with bulking up and cardio, cardio training with slimming down. Um, so we just see that misconception, uh, the one give people the, the, the wrong, the wrong idea about strength training. People don't want to do it because they're afraid of getting too bulky. Um, I like to quote a lot that, you know, just because you don't want to be a NASCAR driver doesn't mean you should be afraid to learn how to drive a car. <laughs> it's not going to go that well. Um, if it does, that's a good problem to have. You can always back off. <laughs> um, but then also for, for people who just strictly want to lose body fat, like you need to strength train and eat enough protein to keep muscle mass and lose body fat instead um, to get the physique that, that, that you, that you want um, as well as have all the other health and injury prevention and longevity benefits we talked about already. Yeah. And your, your body will prioritize what you're asking it to do. So if you're, you're walking around, you got your, your kid and kids 50 pounds now instead of 20 when they started, um, your body doesn't want to lose too much muscle mass because it knows it's going to be hard to do those, those daily uh, activities that your body needs to do. So um, whatever the top requirements are your body ask, it'll kind of follow suit with all those other things. Yeah. But if you're not stimulating the body to maintain muscle and you're putting it in a caloric deficit, it's, it's going to drop the muscle mass because that's a more metabolically expensive tissue. So if you're not giving your body a reason to keep it, it won't. So, um, again, long, we can talk more about nutrition next month. That's going to be our topic next month, but long story short here, no matter what strength train, <laughs> no matter what the, the goals are here, you, you, you want to strength train. And so what do you need to do? We've hopefully we've convinced you that this is important. Um, start with fundamental movements. Okay. So squat by squat, we're talking, you know, different versions of the squat, you know, goblet squats and front squats and back squats, and just the, the movement of squatting, um, as well as split squats and lunges and other movements that kind of fall in that kind of uh, squatting family, um, hinging at your hips. So that kind of looks like uh, hinges you might be familiar with from our, from our programs, uh, deadlifts, uh, even movements like, like bridges or um, things where you're kind of where the hip joint is the focus and you're engaging more button hamstring musculature. Um, pushing movements, push-ups, dumbbell presses, barbell presses, both kind of in this plane of motion as well as getting uh, more vertical up overhead. Pulling motions. So you got your, your rows, your pull-ups, just things where you're pulling uh, something towards you, engaging more of your upper back musculature and your biceps. Yeah. Um, core work. A lot. A lot of those other patterns will will include um, a demand on on your torso, on your on your core musculature. But we can train that directly as well, just to make sure we're nice and stable there. Um, and then after those fundamentals, you'd be adding in isolation work as desired. You, know, you want bigger biceps? Great. Do do some more bicep work, but don't don't miss these big rocks mm -hmm. first. Right. Those things will be 
one, train the most muscles in your body just to, you know, get a really good bang for your buck, but as well as train human movements so that you're moving better and getting a lot of the other benefits we've, we've described earlier. Um, and then apply progressive overload. Um, the body needs to be challenged to warrant adaptation. Um, so whether that you know, progressive overload comes in the form of weight or reps or sets or range of motion or less rest time, there's a lot of different ways you can progress, um, but progressive overload somehow just doing the same routine for forever will keep you the same for forever. Right? Yeah. You might see some great results for X amount of weeks, all depending on what you're doing, where you're coming from, but it'll hit that point of diminishing returns and nothing will happen. You can keep doing what you're doing and you'll stay exactly the same. I'm sure we've all seen people like that in the gym or friends. I'm like, ah, oh, you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm still strong as an ox, but their body's just so adept to that, that it's just getting such a minimal response back. So that's why for us, even we may be, oh man, we love this next month's program, but we're going to change it again. Why? Because your body is going to adapt. It's going to need some sort of progression and it can look like many different things depending on which direction you want to go. Yep. So what does that look like, you know, in more specific, how many days, how many sets, how many reps, right? Um, for beginners, you know, we're generally starting around like two days a week, three to four sets of six to 12 reps of the main fundamental movements. Okay. Um, and, and why, why those numbers, uh, two days a week, generally it's just like, Hey, can we be minimally invasive to your life. This is just a new habit. We're going to see benefits in this stage with very little work. We don't need to go crazy yet. Um, we just generally like two instead of one, because if you do one people, one might not see benefits fast enough to, to get addicted and fall in love with this. And this one this to be a lifelong habit more if they miss one, well, then they miss two weeks. So we like that kind of two days a week number for beginners, three to four sets of six to 12 reps is generally just kind of enough time to practice the movements, to learn them and get better at them. Um, if we go more volume than that, more sets than that, they probably just don't need it yet. We go uh, less reps than that. Uh, they're probably not good enough yet at the movements to really push weight heavy enough for it to be challenging. We go more reps than that. They're probably technique will just break down. They're a little, it, it just, it just doesn't tend to go as well. So it doesn't mean you have to stay in that range. That's just where we like to start with beginners. Um, and it's really helpful to just to practice the same pattern, like squatting. Yeah. If, if you don't squat every day, well, let's start. If you do it once a week, twice a week, it's just good to have some fundamentals where you get to kind of grease the groove is a term I've really liked yeah. so that you just get to practice and you get better at things you practice. You know, you want to learn how to ride a bike. You kind of sucked at first and all of a sudden you got it. And then as you also, now you're don't going off jumps and things like that, as your body's just continuing to progress and get better, better. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we find that that zone's like enough time to practice without you know, killing you for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're getting more advanced and so we need to start applying some progressive overload somehow, right? Um, intensity you know, load is the main driver of strength. So let's, you know, bring it back to that first slide. We talked about strength, the, the ability to produce force, hypertrophy, building muscle mass. We want both of those things. Intensity is the main driver of strength. And so at some point you need to progress in weight, not just sets and reps. Like you, you could have initially, Hey, I did this weight for 10 and I did it for 12 and I did it for 14 you just keep going down that path for forever. You're just going to, you know, get, you know, have some good endurance at moving that weight, but you're not really going to get much stronger um, necessarily. Right. So at some point we need to progress and load. Um, and you, that still could be in that six to 12 rep range for a while, just getting stronger there. Um, but at some point getting into, into lower rep ranges um, as your skill improves to be able to handle, you know, weight that's going to be challenging in a one to five rep range, but still be able to do it well and safely that can further progress peak strength. What is like the most force that you can produce as a person? Um, volume mainly in terms of sets per week is the main driver of hypertrophy. Okay. So any set from five to 30 reps at the same level of exertion is shown to have a similar net effect on hypertrophy. And there's the this study that kind of backs up the previous two points. Um, so what, is, what does that mean? Okay. If I did a set of five at you know all out effort, I could not have done a sixth. 
and I did a set of 25 at all out effort. I could not have been 26th. Those did different things to my body. There's, there's, there, we can get into the minutiae a little bit of like different ways, different uh, mechanisms your body has for building muscle, but the net effect essentially is the same. Right? So just accruing hard sets. That does not mean that, you know, if you can stop at eight with the weight you could have done for 12, because, oh, wait, was as good as 12. No, like it needs to be hard. <laughs> you still got to accrue hard sets, um, but there's a, a wide variance in where, where you, uh, what rep range you, you work at. Right. So basically, big takeaway, use a variety of rep ranges, um, because there's, there's benefits to getting good at moving heavier weights. There's benefits to improving your muscular endurance, certain patterns just kind of work better in certain rep ranges. You know, um, certain things are kind of too complicated to do 30 times well, but certain patterns are really simple and we like them in that range, blah, blah, blah. But so we like a variety of rep ranges uh, and find ways to add more sets per week. So that could be adding a day or two to your routine. Um, that could be, you know, doing, things in a you know condensed fashion to where you're getting more sets done in your workouts. Uh, there's you know, yeah, a lot of different ways you can pull levers here to, to get there, um, but do more sets per week if you want to continue to build build more muscle mass. And you'll notice even just from our, our programming, those that have done all of our um, kind of beta stuff and then moving on, we'll tend to put a little more emphasis on one aspect, a little bit more towards another. As, so our body, again, is continually adapting. It might be a little bit more intensity-based, might be a little bit more volume-based. Um, but that's something you'll kind of see. And as I said, as questions come up, definitely feel free to ask. Um, but depending on if, if your goal is mainly one of the strength realm, you might do more months in this in the intensification, you know, versus the accumulation. Or like you see, uh, like weightlifting, we just had that seminar. There, there's there's weight limits to your different weight classes. So, you know, depending on what they want to train for, we might do a little more of one or the other or do more strength work in this, these, this, these, uh, say movement patterns, but I'm going to do a little extra mass for my, my traps to help support the weight of the load once overhead, whatever that might be. So you'll, you'll see some of these various details as we go through over the months. Yep. Yep. So yeah, for, yeah, and for team thrive, like we generally want to be good at both of these things. We'll always do both these things every program. But like Peter said, kind of bias one or the other, just to keep, um, progress in the body in different ways. Okay, add some intensity. Okay, keep that the same. Add some volume and kind of you know go, go back and forth, etc. Um, just because you can't add just one of these for forever without hitting a little a little stall, right? Um, and so in summary, to kind of wrap wrap things all up. Strength train, do it. <laughs> that's your big takeaway. You know, forget all the other details. That's fine. Strength train, please do it. Um, prevent injury, improve capacity, be efficient with your time, kick ass when you're ninety. Okay. Um, do your fundamental movements, push, pull, squat, hinge. Okay. So don't, don't just sit there and do some wrist curls in front of the TV and call that, call that good right No, Do, do the big movements, get, get your whole body strong. Um, keep sets reps simple at first. If you're new to this, you know, don't need to go crazy. Just, you know, stay, stay in, in that kind of rough zone right there. Um, but add progressive overload somehow. And that eventually will take you towards focusing, you know, more on intensity for strength, volume for hypertrophy, or a mixture of both. If you want both of those things, which we recommend that you do cool and i believe that was my last point so yeah any uh any questions uh from the crowd we had a couple from the the, the intake form but uh, we'll kind of get to our live people first any uh, any questions from the crowd hey i had one in the chat uh i'll read it out so one of the slides was very interesting to me it says adults lose one to two percent of your muscle mass per year uh, i believe peter said this started around 30 so i'm turning 30 next year um, will your strength, pro, uh, will the strength training kind of delay the muscle mass loss, or do you need to start as you get older, you know, taking supplements like a masking or to try to offset that? Yeah, great question. So the, the, the research there is in the absence of training, like you would just kind of build this, 
cumulative uh, loss as time went on. Training can help stall that. Or if you are not at your potential, you can still build muscle in, in those ages, right? And strength, so, yeah. and, and strength. Yep. So yeah, say you're you're at you know seventy percent of your genetic potential or whatever. <laughs> well, maybe your potential is declining slowly for you, but you can still build, right? Yeah. There, there might become a theoretical time at which you max out your potential. Say you were the best in the world at strength training <laughs> and, and you're 35. There might not be much left to go and you might now, even with training, have that slow decline. So that's kind of the, the yeah. can you, th- you can think of a simple way to say that. Well, I, I was just going to say too, depending on when you start, some people start at 30. Um, they're they're where, nowhere near their potential. Yeah. They have a long ways to go. Some people started at 10, you know, so they're going to be neurologically very efficient at certain movements um, versus the untrained individual. So um, that'll make a factor. But like Kyle was saying, like in an untrained state with just our normal, um, you know, kind of biological aging and rhythms, we're going to get get a little bit better and going through puberty, hitting kind of our peak in our in our 20s and then start that slow to that steady decline. You know, and I think a good example, if you look, because power is like the first thing that we will lose power, because that's a fundamental part of uh, of our power is, is strength. How much force can we produce and then how quickly? Um, so if you go, um, like I said, with, with your elite people who've been training for a while, they're going to hit their peak and slowly start that decline from their power, but they might be able to maintain their strength. And then as that starts to decline, then, you know, other aspects of it and, and hypertrophy and things like that. So um, the, the gist of it is, is resistance training, like Kyle was saying, resistance training, 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 challenge, challenge the organism, make it have to adapt to continually to improve. And, um, you know, if you strength train consistently for 50 years, are you going to be as strong at 70 as you were at 30? Uh, if with training age, I don't see how that's humanly possible, but your decline will be so, so, so much uh, slower. And um, probably the um, expectations you have in yourself will, of course, change too. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're in untrained or if you're at your potential, there'll be a little bit of decline. For most of us, that's just, hey, know the best what would happen in the absence of training, train, train your hardest to offset that. But even the, the client featured in the longevity slide, he put on six pounds of muscle mass in his age 79 year because yeah. um, he was on it with his training. He was on it with his nutrition and made it happen. You know, so it's um, he wasn't at his potential yet. So, yeah, he had some room to go. So it's, it's never impossible to keep to keep growing. So fantastic question. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Great yeah. answer anything. Uh, but to, to get back to your specific question about, should you be taking supplements again, refer back to that one slide about, you know, what, what's your goal? If your goal is to gain weight, you know, strain, train, eat enough protein, eat enough caloric surplus. So you might need to do that to, to abide by those concepts, but you might not need to do that to abide by those concepts, but those kind of those concepts are what matter supplementation or a mask in would be, you know, methods to get to those concepts, uh, optional methods to get to those concepts. Cool. Um, Cool. A couple of ones that were emailed in. Yeah, the, the main one, let me see. Oh, I had a notice of the slide was uh, what weight do I like start with on an exercise? Like where, where, like how do I know what weight to begin with? Uh, for full, full beginners, new to strength training, usually what I'm telling a new client or someone who's coming into like a, a group class is, hey, I want tonight to feel like a six out of 10. I want you to be aware your body is working. I want you to feel muscle engaging, <laughs> um, but you could still do several more when, when you're done. You know, you're just kind of aware your body's working because when you're new, it's it's such a novel stimulus that even at that level of intensity, you're going to see some change. They're still going to be a little sore the next day. If they had gone 10 out of 10, they would have felt like they got hit by a bus, maybe hated it and never come back. And they mainly injured themselves. <laughs> or injured themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like in the early going, hey, what weight gets you to six out of 10? And that's a much better way to answer the question than saying, start with 20 pounds. Well, because to you know some people that might be crazy to some people who 
worked on a farm their whole life. That might feel like nothing, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, six out of 10 intensity for beginners, usually like then gradually building it up till about like an eight out of 10 intensity. And on most patterns, we're kind of staying around that intensity level. You know, you could still do one or two more repetitions for most of your sets just to make sure technique stays uh, you know, rock solid, you're, you're do, doing things safely. I mean, you're occasionally, as you get more uh, experienced uh, or on patterns that are safer to do so, taking yourself all the way to failure um, and whatever, what you need to do to do that, that that's that's the way you you, sh you should do. So for more trained individuals who are like learning a new pattern, I kind of say the same thing. Hey, maybe today I want you to like at a six or seven, even if this person's got a lot of, a lot of experience overall, but this is new. Um, but then gradually progressing in intensity over time. So it just depends on your your experience in general, your experience with the pattern, and then how safe the pattern is. Things that are a little less self-limiting. There's a lot of load on your body. A lot of more things could go wrong. Hey, maybe leave a little more in the tank on that one. Something where you're, you know, so supported and safe and you know if you you know fail you just stop that's it no no harm happens to you well feel free to push a little harder on that one yeah um, that was the big one from the uh from the, the chat ahead of time and then the other was um oh i asked about kind of different weights on 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 different patterns hey how do i know if i'm ready to progress on something but not other things yeah that'll that'll just totally happen <laughs> again kind of keep abiding by that that rate of perceived exertion scale one to ten how hard is this if this one's easy, but that, but this pattern is not, well, keep that one there and move, move this one up. You're not going to progress evenly across the board on all things as much as we might like that to happen. That, that would be lovely, but not, not usually how it works. So just, just keep, just keep plugging along. Um, I think those are the, the only two from the questions ahead of time. Anything else from our live audience? Going once, going twice. Yeah, appreciate the presentation though. You guys crushed it. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate Thanks, buddy. it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cool. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap up our recording. Th thanks to all you guys who gave this a listen and uh, we will uh, catch you next month with uh, a nutritional uh, focus. So yeah, more, and, more info on that. And I'd know. say like the, the questions ahead of time are always helpful, yeah. you know, especially once we start to introduce it, anything you guys can think of along those lines. So we can even kind of um, skew the, the conversation more towards that is always helpful. Right? We're, we're here to help you guys. We're here to help you guys thrive and continue to progress and challenge yourself and, um, you know, achieve things maybe that you didn't think were possible. Yep. Yeah, that's like our, our main goal with the education is kind of give you the, you know, Peter always says like the, the 10,000 foot overview, you know, like, hey, what's what are the things that really matter here? What are the main concepts? And then we'd love to zoom in on whatever is of most interest to, to you guys, mm -hmm. um, kind of but, but with placing it in the context of of the main the main things that really matter. So that's kind of our, our big vision with the education. And yeah, we look forward to keeping that going. Yeah. See you guys next month. See ya.